Welcome to the Woodridge Community Outreach Podcast. This is a great opportunity to learn about the organizations and individuals that are working to meet the needs of our community. For more information about our church or local outreach efforts, visit woodridge.org. Enjoy the podcast. I have um, Pam Dixon and Angie Sedegast who are here from Mission Northeast. Pam is the executive director of the mission, and Angie Sedegast is director of or volunteer operations coordinator. Yes. Okay. And so they're going to help us out just giving us a little bit. Um, Pam, if you want to start, you can just give us a little bit of history of the mission, what the mission does, who that serves, um, just a little bit of that kind of stuff. Um, Mission Northeast began in 1995 um, as a very small food pantry at Forest Cove Baptist Church, which later on became Second Baptist Church. Um, In 1999, we had 10 acres donated to us out on Loop 494 in New Caney. And so our first building was built at that time. And in 2000, we became a 501c3 nonprofit social services organization, and we are faith-based. We serve 11 zip codes, which is a service area of over 800 square miles of people, probably about 90% of whom are live at or below the poverty level. Um, others we see are what's what's called the working poor. They ha- they work more than one job, uh, but they just don't always have enough money to quite make it through. Or something comes up like holidays or back to school or you know just special things. And we are a disaster distribution response center. We are the one for East Montgomery County. So we've been active in the annual May or spring floods uh, for many years for um, Katrina, for Harvey, for um, Imelda, certainly for COVID, uh, for the freeze in uh, February of 21. Um, We just don't shut our doors down. We go into uh, disaster distribution mode and we think we don't miss a beat. Um, It's important to us that we're always there to serve the community Um, with food, clothing, and household items. And we have a storage area filled with uh, disaster um, supplies right now. So we're ready to go for the hurricane season that we're all hoping and praying that we don't have. Yes. Um, (laughs) And um, what some people may not realize is that we actually operate in a mission field. So we're sitting here at Woodridge, which is a beautiful church in a beautiful neighborhood. And just maybe 10 or 15 minutes from here, there are people that can't afford to buy enough food or pay their rent or their utilities. And you would be surprised to know that we have clients who don't have running water and who don't have electricity. So indeed, it is a mission field. Um, One of the things, one of our programs that we're most proud of is our education and job training program for adults so that we can help move people out of poverty. I think it's important for the folks of Woodridge to know that we are 100% Uh, community supported. We do not take government funding. And so our friends, like our friends at Woodridge, um, really do mean a lot to us as we carry out our mission each day. So thank you, Woodridge. No, that's great. Um, And I know I've even even with the COVID, you guys were still open and serving. Um, I remember helping in with the drive through when you guys were doing the drive through pickups. 
And now obviously you guys are back to fully open and, and running all of your stuff. But you guys are, um, I think some of the stuff that's also neat is a little bit of your case management stuff. When somebody comes in, a, a new client comes in, you guys do an intake to kind of assess their needs. Is that correct? Or what happens when a new client comes in? Well, we do assess their needs, but we also um, access their um, uh, eligibility. Okay. So where they live is one thing, uh, what their income is. Um, and income can mean a whole lot of different right. things. Um, but we want to be sure that we're serving people that are truly in need. That being said, we would never turn anybody away for food. But um, depending on some of the other criteria, um, they may or may not become a, a client of Mission Northeast. Okay. You also offer chapel services. Is that correct? We do. Um, every morning um, we have a chapel service mm -hmm. that is led by an area pastor or lay leader um, this morning. Actually, Mark Barnhill was <laughs> at Mission Northeast Leading Chapel. Okay. Yeah. And um, so I know you guys do a lot of great work. Do you happen to know, and I'm putting you on the spot, so you may not know and that's okay, um, like what the poverty level is? Um, number wise, I, I haven't, I used to know that kind of stuff, but I ha it hasn't been a while. So, cause I feel like it's a lot lower than people would think it is. Um, what's well, based on how many people are in the family. That's okay. one thing. Um, and I am honestly not familiar with it because okay. Kathy, our client services right. director is the person that does the screening. And like I said, I would, that was me putting you on the spot. So, and I don't know it either. Um, I just know it's one of those that I think people are always shocked when they say, oh, to qualify for services, that's how low of a number it has to be. How do we, how would you expect people to live on that number? Um, and I do know a lot of folks are paycheck to paycheck. So if something happens, somebody gets sick, um, mm -hmm. even for a week or two and they, you know, they don't have paid, paid time off or something along those lines, it really, kind of puts them into crisis mode and where they really do need the help. They're doing everything they need to be doing. It's just something happened. Um, so a big thing I think that will help us too is just volunteer wise, um, how can the church help? How can the community help? Um, how are ways, I know one way is donate because obviously the food, the items, and not just donate money, but also probably items. Um, when do you guys accept, what type of uh, used items or gently like items do you guys collect? Well, we collect, we take donations. We prefer to take donations on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Okay. From 8 a.m. till noon. Mm -hmm. um, we have volunteers available to help receive those donations on those days. And we take um, donations that are, we take clothing. We do take, we love household items that are small items. Anything that somebody is, um, you know, it's in their kitchen. Kitchen items are a prized commodity to our clients. Like a crock pot. Crock or... pots. If you're buying, if somebody's buying a air fryer mm -hmm. and they're replacing it with replacing their old toaster, mm -hmm. old toasters are wonderful okay. for our clients or toaster ovens. Um, if they're buying an Instapot and replacing a crock pot, they can bring us their old crock pot. So those small household appliances that would be in somebody's kitchen that they've buy, they've purchased an upgraded version. Mm -hmm. They can bring us their old okay. one if, as long as it still works. Um, 
pots and pans, a lot of times people are replacing it with something because it has scratches or something. Scratches do not matter to our clients, right. but we like to get, we try to give our clients very high quality things. Right. Um, but what you and I may see as needing to be replaced is a really great item mm -hmm. to some of our clients. Um, we also, one of the things that we've had a lot of need for in the last six months to a year is um, toiletry items, um, toilet paper, diapers, shampoo, soap, those kind of things. Is there, I know on diapers, I hear from a lot of organizations, it's the um, higher number sizes, like the four, fives, and sixes yeah. that are always in demand. That is the same for us okay. also, because when when people get to those size diapers, there's not as many in a package and right. the price does not change. Mm -hmm. And so we have found that to be a very significant item for our clients. So if we can give those to the clients, um, that makes a, an impact on their um, right. on their budgets. Clothes wise, are there any, um, I remember in the past, I felt like teenage boys are, were always a needed clothing item. Is that still true? Or are there any certain ones that you need more of than the other? That is true. Um, boys and men's clothes in general, but especially everyday clothing. Okay. Our clients don't have much need for dress clothes or right. suits and jackets, um, but everyday clothing, shorts, um, but in, in any size of boys and men's, those are something that we're always in need of. Okay. Um, and shoes also, everyday kind of shoes, tennis shoes, and shoes that people can work in okay. are something that are really great for our clients. Right. Um, even for our ladies, they, they like more of the working shoes um, and everyday shoes than stylish pumps aren't very yeah. practical for most of what our the, the jobs that our clients are doing. Not practical for me either, so <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. Uh, I think some of the other stuff I think is neat too. Um, I, I don't think I knew that you guys do. Do y'all still do home delivery of food and things for folks that are homebound or any of those needs? We do. We have about 25 clients that we deliver to on a monthly basis each each month on the last Wednesday of the month, we have volunteers that come and pick up grocery items for clients and they deliver it to them. And those clients are disabled or elderly that are no longer able to get out on their own. And so we have our volunteers take food to them. And we often have additional people that inquire to be incorporated into that program, but right. we don't have an excess of volunteers to be able to do those deliveries. Okay. So we could probably have more clients in that program if we had more volunteers able to do the okay. deliveries. And that would be essentially a once a month commitment. That's correct. But it's, it's usually would... a pretty short and it's still in our zip codes. So it's in a close proximity right. to this area. And yes. it would be kind of neat. You get to see the same same folks, I'm assuming, month to month and get a little bit of a relationship you with them. You do. In fact, a lot of our volunteers that do that have been serving the same clients for many years. Mm -hmm. And so they know them pretty well and they know um, what kind of some of their special needs are because we also have things like adult diapers mm -hmm. and Boost or Ensure. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, Ensure those kind of items available at the mission. And so some of our volunteers that do home deliveries, um, they they know that their clients need those things or that they like those right. things. And so they will come in and pick up those things. In addition to at Christmas, 
um, the volunteers will take a Christmas package to the clients from the mission. And so there's some extra camaraderie with that. That's fun. Tell us a little bit just about the different um, volunteer opportunities. Like you spoke of the one that, you know, that would be a kind of a monthly commitment, but what are some of the other volunteer needs? I know you said Monday through Thursday, those days. Okay. So Monday through Thursday, we do have volunteers. We have about a hundred people on our volunteer list, Okay, but we utilize about 40 volunteers a day. Okay. Um, and so we have volunteers in every area of the mission. We couldn't do what we do because there's only five of us that are staff members. Um, and we could not do all of the things. So you spoke earlier about chapel leaders and our chapel leaders serve once a month um, doing a short devotion or word of encouragement, or some of them even do a little bit more like a full sermon. Mm-hmm. So it, it sort of varies according to the day. Um, and then we have care partners that meet with our clients one-on-one and they talk with the clients. They verify their paperwork for us annually, but they also talk to the clients about what's going on and they will offer to pray with the client. They don't, a client doesn't have to have somebody pray for them, but most of our clients really appreciate that. And I, I think that's my favorite, uh, favorite thing that the mission does is the care partner. I think, cause it, I mean, it helps them see that they're seen. And they're not just a, a need or a number that comes through, but somebody that's saying, hey, how are things going in your world? Right. And, and our care partners often pick up on a need that a family may have that they didn't even know we might be able to help with them. Sometimes they pick up on that the family, the, the parents have been trying to do something educationally and just haven't been able to mm-hmm. get over that hump or haven't been able to pay the the fee to take the certification test or some of those things. And our care partners will often pick up on that and ref- and then bring the care the client to speak with Kathy about that. Because mm-hmm. as Pam said, um, Kathy does all of our client services okay. things and the decisions. So she keeps track of what we have available as okay. far as it's those kind of like a case management things. type yes. to look yes. at the whole picture. Yes. She Kathy does that um with our educational programs and also if we have financial aid available for somebody to get assistance with something, um, Kathy is the one that that monitors the the monies that we have in the distribution of them. Um, and then we have volunteers that work in our warehouse and in our food distribution. Um, a lot of our men, that's where they prefer to work. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a variety of different things out there. And we even have some volunteers that come in just to drive our truck to go pick up donations from the local grocery stores. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they drive the truck, pick up things, and they drop it back off at the mission. Um, so it's, some of those are pretty minimal right. um, Interaction. interactions. They don't in- directly interact with clients. Um, and then we have volunteers that sort clothing, volunteers that help our clients to find the clothing that they're looking for. We have volunteers that work in our housewares area, as I was talking about earlier. Um, whenever we get donations in of towels or blankets or sheets, our volunteers go through all of those things and prepare them to be able to be given out to our clients. Um, and then we have volunteers that pick up, at, again, at grocery stores and they use their individual cars once a month, um, picking up bread at a couple grocery stores. Um, and sometimes we have just special need volunteers that come in and for a short project, um, especially at the holidays or during our annual luncheon. Um, for instance, at the annual luncheon, people help us to prepare the baskets that we use for our silent auctions. 
they help us with preparing the decorations and those kind of things. And our for holidays, we have volunteers that help stock our toy shelves and prepare things so that our clients can find the toys that they're looking for for their kids um, or preparing the gift bags that we give to our seniors um, because we give gift cards to our seniors mm -hmm. rather than um, right. a toy or something like that. I don't know why they wouldn't want a toy <laughs> trip on. Did I? Is there anything you'd like to add? Um, Angie did a really great job um, explaining about volunteers. Um, when I talk with the volunteers, I remind everybody that um, we have an opportunity to be the face of Christ to everyone who walks in the door. And so that's a really great opportunity as well as a responsibility. Um, we're not there to um, evangelize, but we are there to listen and encourage. And as I said, just to, to show patience, to right. show mercy and grace, just like Jesus wants us to do the way that he lived his life, not to be judgmental or harsh, but to just show kindness. Because a lot of the people that we see um, may not get kindness um, at home. Uh, they may not have anybody that wants to listen to them or care about how they are. And so that once a month, um, we are the church. Right. We are the face of Christ. And I think that's uh, something that sets us apart and sets the tone, I guess, for the whole building um, and for all of our operations. And so I'm really proud of our volunteers and Angie does a fantastic job of making sure all the areas are covered and that, um, that things flow smoothly. Um, I hear quite often from uh, people coming in to visit that we have a very well-oiled machine. <laughs> and so um, while we might view it sometimes as chaotic, uh, at least it appears from the outside that we're doing a good job and that means a lot. Well, I know when clients come in, because essentially once a month they can access like your food and the clothing and the household items. Mm -hmm. um, when they come in, there's a process that they kind of go through. Can one of you guys just walk through? I mean, I think because they check in with maybe a care partner and then they can shop or how does it work? So when they come in the front door, they we have a sign-in sheet. And so they sign in and we have volunteers at our front desk that put everybody's name into a database. And that is how we keep track of when they were here last because they're allowed to come once every 30 days. Um, and after they've signed in, they will wait in our, it's our chapel area, but it's also our waiting area mm -hmm. throughout the day. And after they've checked in the next step, they go to see a care partner. And like I said earlier, the care partners verify their information, but pray with them and talk with them. And then they will go from care partners to clothing. Mm -hmm. And they go, after they've finished shopping for their clothing, they go to the housewares item or houseware area to get what they need from housewares. And then they actually go back out to their car and we have volunteers that will load groceries into their car. So they drive around our building and pull up and our volunteers load the groceries into their car for them. Okay. And that's what, so it, it really is a well-oiled machine. Like there's a, a process. Um, about how many clients on average do you guys serve a, maybe a week? Um, lately, we have exceeded 200 families a week. And um, that's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday mornings right. between 8.30 and 11.30. So uh, the process goes very smoothly um, and we're able to meet the needs of the families that come in. We um, anticipate summertime. It always Summertime actually always is a really busy time for us. People 
tend to think of only the holidays as right. being a time of need, but the people who are in need in November and December are in need throughout the whole year. But in the summertime, the children are not getting the Breakfast their meals lunch. at right. food, their food at, at school. And so um, there's more of a demand on the families to provide those meals. And now with higher prices and um, supply chain shortages and empty shelves, it's more and more of a challenge. We have a challenge, actually, even as a as as a food bank, we're more than that. But as a food bank, there are items that we cannot get because they're not available. They're right. just not available. So have y'all seen an increase as far as I just know with the economy and prices and all that kind of stuff? Have you seen an increase in need, or has oh. it just been harder to get stuff? Well, or it's both. both. It's mm -hmm. been both, but there is an increase in need. And as I said, school's getting out this week. And mm -hmm. so we really do expect to see more of a need through the summer. Um, we do uh, have a child care area that uh, where the little ones can stay mm -hmm. while their parents are getting assistance. And in the summertime, we provide a snack lunch or that uh, snack bag for the little ones um, so they'll have something to eat and they can eat it there or take it home with them if they like. Is that the Feed My Lambs or is that separate? This is separate. Okay. That is just something that we do okay. within the mission. And gotcha. so even if the child doesn't want to eat it while they're there, they can take, take the home. bag home with them. And we we put a snack, we put a sandwich, a couple snacks and a drink into each bag. Mm -hmm. And so then they can take it home with them. And um, in the summer, we have an increased number, of course, of the amount of children that come into right. our child care area. So, you know, if I would put the plug out there if somebody is interested in volunteering and they like kids, we really could use some additional volunteers in our child care area okay. during the summer. We don't have that need usually too much during the school year. Kids but are in school. we ask clients if their children are under the age of 10, that they go into child care when they're at the mission. Um, and that's because no child should have to listen to their parents discussing what the finances are. Right. And a parent shouldn't have to talk about that in front of their children either. And so just to make the process easier for the parents, we put the children in there. So we do have a, a large number of children that come through um, in our in our child care area, especially okay. during the summer. Uh, another option too, I know Thursday is your bilingual um, is when you offer yes bilingual. So is that a need as well, volunteer-wise, or is that kind of covered? We always need additional volunteers on Thursdays, especially if somebody is bilingual, because we usually, just kind of a rough estimate is we see as many clients on Thursday as we do Tuesday and Wednesday combined. Okay. Um, and our numbers on Thursday easily can reach 100 clients and families that we serve mm -hmm. on Thursdays. And I would say probably about 75%, 60 or 75% of them are by, are Spanish speaking. Okay. And so we try to have bilingual volunteers in every area of the mission um, on, on Thursdays. And since you mentioned bilingual, um, wanted to mention that we have an ESL program on site. Um, it's on summer vacation right now, but on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, we have an ESL program. And like everything else we do, it's free of charge. And um, what's really exciting to us in that program is that, um, you know, if somebody wants to get a job, um, it's that's a win-win for everybody when they become bilingual. Mm -hmm. And it's so important, we think, 
for our clients to be able to communicate with the at doctor's offices, at school, at the grocery store, and so forth. And also, um, I think it brings the family closer together. The children are learning English and speaking English in school, and they can kind of uh, communicate in both languages with their right. parents. And I think that's really, really neat. Uh, we have a great working relationship with Lone Star College Kingwood, and so our graduates from the RESL beginner classes are encouraged to go to Lone Star Kingwood to take upper level courses as well as any other course that they would like to take so that they can actually become employed. And uh, so we're really excited about that. Our adult education and job training program has really, really taken off in the last year or so. And that's one of the things that I think as I've talked to lots of of nonprofits is the the need and the demand for especially ESL classes across the area. And I don't think that was something that I would have even thought about or realized before um, was the need, but it is, and it, and it helps everybody, it helps you navigate the world and it gives, makes you more marketable um, for, and then the job training pieces. And I think that's, that's great. Any other things that you think would be beneficial for our church members to know about Mission Northeast, about how they can get involved, about the needs of the community? Well, um, Thanksgiving and Christmas in particular, um, we do have special food needs during the holidays, also toys and gift cards. Uh, so that's one thing, and Angie would certainly help coordinate that. Um, but on an ongoing basis, um, you know, the financial support is really important to us. As I said, we don't get government funding uh, and very few grants. Um, donations are tax deductible. We are a 501c3. You can donate online. Um, so that is important, quite frankly. But um, you know, thinking about us uh, from time to time doing a food drive or a special product drive, toothbrushes and toothpaste, um, you know, those are great kinds of opportunities for the children to get involved. You know, many of them don't want to brush their teeth, but they don't think about the fact that there are some kids who don't have toothbrushes and toothpaste, or maybe they don't have soap or something like that. So it's real easy to collect those things. And um, we love it when they want to come bring it to us. We always weigh the donations and let them know what they've collected. And so um, I think that's uh, that's really special. They're not just you know doing it and not seeing where it's going, but it's always going to a good place. And I'd be remiss if I didn't remind folks, our Woodridge Cares is that all of the donations that we receive directly go to Mission Northeast. So we put out monthly list of the things that you guys let us know that we need to collect for that month or what's good for that month. Um, for example, November is usually the things that are going to go in for the Thanksgiving packages um, and stuff. So Woodridge Cares is kind of directly linked to our to Mission Northeast and helping you guys out in that one. Well, in reference to the Woodridge Cares, I have had, as a Woodridge member, I've had a lot of people ask, why is it that mostly we've put on their toiletry or personal care items? And the reason for that is because um, people often think of donating food to the mission. And a lot of our clients um, 
need the food, but also a lot of our clients do are able to get SNAP benefits, mm-hmm. but they cannot buy paper products or toiletry items with their SNAP benefits. And paper products and toiletry items are expensive. They are very expensive. And so things like um, toilet paper and bars of soap and those kind of things are really significant to our clients. Most of our clients especially if they're new, they specifically ask for those items because that is something that they're not able to get even if they do have SNAP benefits. And so that is why we so frequently are asking Mm -hmm. for them. And just like the shortages and the expense that we have all been noticing in our groceries, our clients are experiencing that too. So we're having those same shortages at the mission. I think that if anyone wants to um, donate food, if they feel better about donating food, um, there are basic items that we always need, like beans and rice, macaroni and cheese, canned tuna, cereal, um, those types of things, staple supplies. We always, always need those. Um, So we're very grateful to get those. Mm -hmm. And you guys make it super easy. You really do. You can... You just drive around and drop it off. Or again, you can drop it off here mm-hmm. um, and we send it y'all's way as well. So there's different ways. Um, anything else? Um, I would just say um, seasonally blankets. Okay. We always can use blankets um, and winter coats and hoodies and that sort of thing are always appreciated. Um, and I, I think Angie touched on it for housewares, but sheet sets and towels, um, and they can be gently used. So if you're redecorating or you're just really tired of those orange striped sheets, you want to get rid of them, we are more than glad to have them. Um, I think our philosophy is, uh, you know, that if you wouldn't give it to a friend or a family member, then please don't donate it right. to us because we really do want to give our clients the best quality that we possibly can. No, that makes sense. And that's, I mean, it's what we should do. Um, But no, I thank you guys. I thank you for the work that you do. I thank you for your time. Um, And I'll make sure I put a link to the Mission Northeast website and contact information for volunteers and that in our show notes underneath there. Um, But no, thank you guys. I appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much, Heather. Thanks for listening to our podcast. For more information about Woodridge or our local outreach efforts, please visit our website at woodridge.org. Thanks for listening.